Blog Talk Radio. Hello, good afternoon, and welcome to The Lion. I'm your host, David Matthew Brown. First of all, I want to thank my friends out there in New Zealand that tune in in Australia. I appreciate you tuning into the show. Those of you just joining The Lion for the first time, welcome. Uh, the Lion was originally called Inside Out, where we explored um, people from the inside out, and we just changed the title to Lion so we can get a little bit more fierce on the planet and roar and engage in topics that people might not want to talk about because um, they're used to tiptoeing around. So without further ado on my show today, I have a wonderful guest. Her name is Sarah Sophia, and she's just incredible. I've had her on the show before. The dialogue we had before was incredible, and uh, we were both kind of drawn to this topic because it's been showing up. And so without further ado, because I, I want to have this dialogue so all you can hear about it. If, in fact, you're joining us and you have to leave early, uh, no problem. Just download the same link, and with the link, you can listen to the show again. So without further ado, I want to welcome Sarah Sophia to the line. Welcome, Sarah. Hi. Nice to be here again. Well, it's good to have you. And I want to start off right off the bat with, um, there's a lot of stuff happening energy-wise. So I know from your experience you work with energy. Can you talk a little bit about energy and energy work for people just joining us? Um, yeah, so energy work, it comes in a lot of different shapes and forms and, and modalities, um, such as Reiki and shamanism and many, many others. Acupuncture is a form of energy work. Um, it basically works on the principle that uh, – underlying physical reality is a deeper reality that is an energetic reality. So when we um, work with the symbols and the energies of that reality, we are in fact shifting the physical reality as well. So it can treat anything from physical illness to um, any kind of life circumstance patterns that need to be released, addictive patterns, relationship issues, uh, career and, and higher purpose uh, goals can be worked with through energetic means. So all of those different um, points of access are probably lumped under the, uh, the umbrella of energy work, I would say. Okay. And my, myself so- personally, I work – oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go on. I was just going to say personally in, in my household and my family uh, – my husband is a, a shaman, and so am I. We're both um, uh, trained shamans, and I'm also a Reiki practitioner. So my husband and I actually function together as an energy team and um, perform these amazing journeys uh, for people to help get them free, deeper into their purpose, and um, more aligned with themselves as love. That's kind of the, the deepest intention of our work. Beautiful. And uh, how can people... Uh, get a hold of you guys for this type of work. There's so much noise. I have outside, so I've got birds and dogs. Um, the, the best way to get a hold of me at this point is just to go ahead and follow me on Facebook, um, Sarah Sophia Eisenman, okay. um, on my personal page. I have a website too. It's um, called thesacredfem.com, and fem is f e m m e dot com. But um, probably the easiest way is just to follow me on Facebook, send me a message, and we get scheduled that way. Awesome. So when we talk about the energy work that you just mentioned, I know that we had talked about it briefly last time you were on when we were talking about the feminine. And one of the things that really seems to be coming forward right now, if you could start to talk about, is this sense of um, 
dark energy or what some may call evil energy or some are even calling the devil or black magic. Can you talk a little bit about what that is? Um, yes. So for me, um, what that energy is, is a desire to control and possess divinity. So divinity is mm. really a free-flowing force. It's our birthright. It comes to us by way of being alive, by being human. We are already divine and innocent, I believe. Um, but what happens is along the way, there have been forces that have discovered or through fear have, have felt the need or the compulsion to control the life force. So trying to route the life force through themselves in order to become more powerful and to gain and glean power in a sort of vampiric fashion from others, right. um, either because they feel separated from their own power or because they feel jealous or because they feel, you know, rejected by the goddess. There's kind of a piece of, um, you know, an, an angry masculine piece to this where there is a masculine desire to control the feminine. Um, and I think it's part of our human inheritance. I think it's where the human consciousness um, has been evolving. It's a phase that we've been evolving through. So without wanting to make it like right or wrong, good or bad, and put moralistic terms on it, it's a phenomenon that has arisen as a result of our um, human journey through consciousness. Uh, but it has right. resulted in a great deal of suffering because we're all running around stealing energy from one another. So um, anything that seeks to control or possess the life force, anytime the masculine seeks to um, co-opt or coerce the feminine, possess or destroy the goddess, that these are all sort of the hallmarks of what I would call black magic. So... Can you talk a little bit, you had mentioned it off air when you came on my show last time about um, the, I guess you would call it the, the dark feminine. And, and can you talk a little bit about those two different Marys? Yes, there are at least two. Um, and that's very true. Uh, Mary, Mother Mary is sort of what they call the virgin whore dichotomy. The Mother Mary is this pure virginal essence, but and a motherly essence, but the problem is that she's been divided and separated from her Shakti, which is her sacred sexuality. And then Mary Magdalene on the other side of the equation um, is uh, condemned as a whore, a prostitute, a sinful you know, woman who must be cleansed. And she's the, uh, the one who has the sacred Shakti, but it's not uh, revered in its sacred form. It's more like reviled. Um, so throughout history, there's been this fraught relationship with um, the goddess, because we've divided her in two. We haven't let her be both the mother and the sexual, you know, Shakti being in one, when really the full goddess is those two things integrated together. So um, the Magdalene component is, is the dark feminine, um, the dark Madonna, but also um, there's another sort of version of dark goddessness, which is very important, that comes up in the form of like Kali, and um, Hecate and some of the, the dark goddess iconography of different traditions, which is all about um, sacred destruction, sacred rage. It's the mother's rage. It's the ferocious protectress energy, the, the huntress energy, the energy of fire that when, when something is unaligned, she comes in and says, no, you may not do that to my children and burns it to the ground mm. or heads off. <laughs> and that's a third component 
although related to the Magdalene component, I feel that's yet another face of the goddess that is extremely essential to the world and is actually the antidote to the black magic. Mm. Can you talk a little bit about that being the antidote? Yeah, so um, I think the dark goddess, in her deepest form, her most vengeful, rageful form, is kind of misunderstood, and there's this image of, of Kali chopping um, heads off that everybody has seen. It's terrifying. She has, like, her tongue hanging out of her mouth, and she's got, like, a bloody knife in one hand and a head in the other. <laughs> and um, right. and it's scary when people look at this and go, oh, my God, like, talk about black magic. It looks uh, <laughs> like something you want to avoid. <laughs> Right. But the truth of the matter is that she is actually um, the annihilator of evil. So she's like the ultimate double negative. So she is the um, she's the thing that's like scarier than the scariest evil. So she's actually the answer to it because she is a, she actually is a force of pure love. Kali is complete love, like head to toe. You know, all of her anger is a sacred energy. And it's a cleansing energy, and it's a very, very intelligent energy. So let's say, for example, um, there's a person who's out of alignment with their actions with regards to, like, the feminine. Let's say there's a man who has not, for whatever reason, risen into his um, full reverence of the feminine. Maybe he doesn't even know how to do that yet because he's carrying a bunch of soul wounding, ancient soul wounding. Um, the Kali energy can actually come in and burn all of his crap to the ground without harming one hair on his head in terms of his actual life force. In fact, enhancing his life force because she's freeing him. Right. And so that would be, for example, maybe the, the whoever the man is calling Kali in. Is that how that works? Um, how it usually happens at this stage in the game, I think they call her in unconsciously. Um, okay. I, I don't think any man, not too many men are like, you know, really volunteering for that process. Cause I don't think it feels good. Right. I haven't seen it too much, but Hey, if you, if you are a man listening to this program and you want that service, I will provide it for you. Um, nice. but, um, honestly, I think it's about, um, archetypally it plays out. So okay. a woman who locates her sacred rage, let's say. Because it takes a lot of energy for a woman to get in touch with her rage. It takes a great deal of um, trust in oneself because there's about 1,000 different societal forces that are going to try to shut any angry woman down immediately. (laughs) And and why is that? Because her anger is the – her anger can kill the black magic, and the black magic knows that because it has its own intelligence. So – um, all of the forces of, of black magic and agenda that are alive in our world and they're working in institutions, in family structures, in banking structures, you name it. Um, they are going to try to clamp down on that anger as quickly as humanly possible to not let her ever achieve that level of freedom and being that in touch with her own soul to actually feel it. Because once that flame is ignited in her, then she's a holy rolling like force of wildness. And nothing can really right. Stop I love it. it. Yeah. So, anyways, that happened, and um, <laughs> that's kind of where <laughs> we're at with it. So, we're igniting, you know, this force within ourselves. It's, it's in the feminine collective. So, Kali is of the collective, obviously, the dark goddess energy. And it's not just Kali. It could be Hakate. It could be Pele. There's lots of different faces uh, that are dark goddess. But we've now ignited that force within ourselves. 
to a greater and greater degree. Um, and I would say it's nascent at this stage. Like, I still think it's the tip of a huge iceberg as far as the population right. is concerned of women. But there are those of us who are choosing to embody that. And we have to work very hard to do it at this stage. And everyone I know, every woman I know who's in this with me is like, um, it's so challenging. Like, our bodies are challenged. Every part of our being is challenged to hold this in a society that doesn't want it yet, doesn't really understand or respect it. But um, archetypally what happens is uh, these wounded masculine archetypes come in and they don't even know what they're necessarily asking for, but they're wandering like through the desert, like looking for her, looking for her, but they don't really know it. So they present uh, in different forms. And there's an ask, and then there's kind of like a karmic dance that plays out, which usually results in that masculine energy receiving the medicine of the dark goddess and having to kind of reckon with themselves. And, um, and the women have to do it, too. It's not just men. There's, you know, I've had to undergo that medicine. And able, in order to embody that medicine, I've had to undergo it many, many times. And have my own head right. chopped off in terms of ego, in terms of um, being in highest alignment, letting myself, versions of myself die so new versions can be born. I've embodied that so much and I've gone through that process so many times that I feel very at home with her now. But um, for men, I think it's very challenging. And so when men receive that medicine, and in particular, it's the masculine that, that needs this medicine, um, I believe. Uh, it's, it's, a moment, it's a moment of reckoning. I will, I will, I will second <laughs> Judgment that. Judgment day. Yes. <laughs> yes. And it's a good thing. It's the best thing that could ever happen to that man or to the earth. Right. So you, you had mentioned earlier about your husband and you and being shamans and the work you do. So here's my question to you that's, that's come up and it seems to be showing itself a lot. There seems to be a lot of people right now on social media that are proclaiming proclaiming themselves to be healers or shamans or tantric masters or whatever. And when you read it, there's a, there's a sense that they're not, but they're putting that out there. So we are experiencing what you're talking about, kind of this, this black magic within spirituality as well. So can you talk yes. about what the hell is going on? It's crazy. It's a free-for-all. It is such a mess. Yeah. Um, whew, it is such a mess right now. And it's because I think what's happening is that we are waking up energetically. So our energetic power is currently sort of exceeding our ability to be in alignment and integrity with our own power. And in addition to that, we don't have elders anymore in the way we used to. Like if you look at ancient traditions, an ancient, let's say, Native American tradition, you know, there was a, an apprenticeship and there was a lineage and people had to be chosen for this work and they had to sacrifice a lot to be on this path. Um, I don't mean sacrifice in a negative sense, but they had to really commit, commit themselves to this work. And um, it was taken extremely seriously. And nowadays, anybody with a Facebook or Instagram, you know, profile is a healer. And um, I don't discount somebody's gifts on the basis of, you know, what their training is necessarily or something like that. But you can tell by the way the energy moves. 
whether right, or not there you go. search works or whether or not it's black magic. And there's a few hallmarks I can kind of talk about if you want me to, to provide yeah, those Yes, um, I do. <laughs> yeah, so some, some things that have always um, struck me, and I've, I've actually had the pre- pleasure and privilege of meeting quite a few of these individuals, including some who were my, quote, teachers and wanted to be my, quote, masters. Um, along the way I know and so that is a big a big hallmark a big red flag for me is when somebody uses the word master guru teacher or even healer um, in a hierarchical way putting themselves on a platform that they are special in some way with reference to who you are and you're a student and you're being subordinated that to me is a big red flag because to me we are a circle of beings. We are not a hierarchy of beings with, you know, just a few people at the top and everybody else is this, the peon student underneath who has to subordinate. So if there's subordination, um, that is a huge thing. Another huge thing is suppression. If your personal opinions or speech are being in any way suppressed or, or denied, kind of cult-like behavior, like um, let's say there's a certain text that they are all adhering to. And if you say, I don't like that book and people get mad at you for that, that's a really, that's a red flag because the way true empowerment looks is let's say you're, you know, my quote student or I'm mentoring you. And let's say one day I say something to you and you're like, you know, that doesn't resonate with me. It doesn't feel like my deepest heart's truth. It's my job as, as my, as, as a quote teacher to sit back and smile because I did a good job, because I helped you elucidate and midwife your truth. And it's, it could look totally different than mine. I don't need you to agree with me. I don't even want you to agree with me, because ultimately that's boring. But um, one of the big hallmarks of this control dynamic is they need you to agree with them, because that's how they're routing power, is by mm. um, supplanting your identity with their identity. You know? It's inscribing their face upon your life in a way that it doesn't belong when in fact everyone is completely individual and unique and we all have radically different truths possibly. So we should be all disagreeing to some extent. That's healthy. Um, So that's another one. And then another one is how you feel when you're in the presence of that person. So if you feel, you can just tell that you have to be able to discern the energy. There's a difference between feeling robust and vibrant and full when you're in someone's presence and feeling addicted when you're in their presence. If there's an addictive Mm. element and if there is a draining, those two things come together because it's like a vampiric thing. Um, If you're feeling both addicted and drained by this work in a way that feels compulsive, then it's not – it's not true energy work. It's some other combination of things going on. And sometimes it's a combination. It's like it's divine, but it's addicted at the same time because that's where we are. That's where the human race is. <laughs> the species as a whole is both <laughs> addicted to black magic and rising in divinity simultaneously. So it's not clean right now. It's a very fraught, complicated place that we're in. And a couple of my cool yes, teachers. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, go on. I was just going to say, a couple of my teachers that I've had, in quotes I'm putting that, have been 
kind of accidentally teachers because everything that they've said to me that was actually kind of a crock of shit I took seriously. Sorry if I'm not allowed to, you know, curse on your show. But, um, they t- you know, I took it all very seriously, and they kind of meant it in a manipulative way, but I took it in a really innocent way. And I was like, oh, I love this lesson, and I took it, and I, and I claimed my own freedom with it. Um, mm. But it was in a way that I had to work hard because the words and the energy did not match. That's another hallmark. If someone is saying something to you and it sounds so sweet and pleasing, but the energy behind it feels dark or, you know, in some way a mismatch, um, and you have to be really trusting of yourself and discerning to figure that out. But I always take everything innocently because that's just who I am. So even if somebody's lying to me like 100% of the time, I'll, I'll take what's beautiful about it and be like, oh, that was the most beautiful lesson I ever learned, and I'll, I'll incorporate it that way. Right. <laughs> but I think that's kind of a weird, a weird way to go about it. I mean, ultimately we shouldn't have to do that. We should be right. able to truly find mentors and heart-centered people, community, to be in together. And I, I think that's what we're birthing right now, slowly but surely. Yeah, I was going well, to mention that it's interesting because in this space right now where all of us are, I, uh, you know, I have a lot of um, female friends that seem to be experiencing a lot and a lot of this energy of, feeling tired, exhausted, um, Mm -hmm. confused, lost, drained, and they don't really know why. And Mm -hmm. you're mentioning that some of those reasons. So what can someone do, whether they're a man or a woman that are experiencing some of these things, how can they kind of take care of themselves? Um, A couple of things. Number one, if someone has showed up, shown up in life, I believe, as a, you know, a quote teacher, even, you know, a healer, something like that. Um, right. Even if they're not totally aligned, there's a reason that they are there. So whatever is unaligned about them is also a vibrational reflection of something that's going on with you. So if somebody shows right. up as a, as a perpetrator, let's say, I'm going to put that in quotes, because just to use that as, an, you know, an archetype or a form. Right. If someone shows up and they're being a perpetrator, there's a way that probably vibrationally you have yourself um, in, interpolated the perpetrator archetype. So there's a way in which that archetype is within you, not necessarily as you being a perpetrator, but an internalized perpetrator. So for example, right. I went through abuse when I was very young. So I had a perpetrator in me from the time I was practically born. It was a, um, an internalized perpetration that kept me impoverished. It was a soul wound in me that kept me perpetrating upon myself, a form of, you know, masochism, essentially. So when those people show up in my life, it's up to me to recognize that's because that wound is still in me. Because if it wasn't there, that person would have no inroad with me. I would look at them and laugh at them and keep walking. But if there's some way that they have an in with me, it shows me that I have work to do with myself. And um, that's the best lesson that I can ever in part, is that it really always goes back to the self. And the same is true with if you look at someone and you think, oh, my gosh, that person is so amazing, so powerful, so hypnotic, so marvelous, and you fall under the spell, like a black magic spell, and you feel mm. like that person, because that's happened to me plenty, because you're looking at your own power, looking back at you. It's not the other person. It's you. You're looking at your own soul, and you're, 
and it's and it's basically your soul saying, reclaim me, reclaim this power, reclaim the goddess, reclaim the god, you know, the primordial god, um, and and you know, disentangle it from this black magic. Like there's like these twin DNA double helices of uh, divinity and black magic that are entwined with one another. You know, if you picture the DNA spiral. So it's asking you to unravel that spiral from the black magic, it, reclaim the divinity, shed the rest, and leave it behind. And remember that it was your, it was your power all along, as Glinda the Good Witch said. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like that. Beautiful. And we are talking to, to Sarah Sophia. It's Eisenman, right? Mm-hmm. Great, and you can you can go on her Facebook account. She's got a glorious community that has manifested itself because people are following all her wonderful insights and wisdom. And her, what I love about it is how open you are with your sharing. It's glorious, and that's spelled S A R A S O P H I A I. I mean E I S E N M A N. You can find her on Facebook. Uh, one of the things, Sarah, that I really love about you, we've got five minutes, is I really love reading your writing because of the openness. And I'm sure that you have some stuff that's on your mind right now. So if you want to rant for like five minutes, feel free to go for it <laughs> because here's your time. <laughs> Let oh, it rip on some stuff. Oh, my gosh. I don't know what to say at this point. I mean, particularly today, I have this very fierce roar going on in me. I had to just fight. I'll tell you a little bit about my personal um when I'm, you know, what I've been experiencing is you're mentioning women being, you know, drained and fighting for ourselves. And I think right now we are kind of in the fight for our lives. And it's very unpopular to mention the word fight in spiritual communities. This is something I have discovered by using that word a lot and making a lot of people angry. But there is a time when we have to fight, we have to kind of dig in. And there's a sense of spiritual warfare, because there are forces that whether or not they're all part of the oneness that we are, um, are not yet ready to release the goddess's power, let's say. They still want to hold on. They still want to seek control. It's been the way for the last several millennia, and it's the only way that is known. So I have personally been in a big fight for that myself, um, for another mm. just huge part of the goddess's power, because every time I fight for my power, it's her power, and I'm well aware of the fact that my personal narrative is the goddess's narrative and is the collective. So when I post things like um, one of my themes on Facebook is I post like, here's what's going on in the collective right now. And the reason I know what's going on in the collective is not because I'm looking at an astrology report and seeing like where Mars is or something. It's because it's in me, (laughs) my body, my life. I'm living it. I'm in the drama. And I have this wonderful shaman husband who, you know, supports me at every single step of the way and digs me out of these, these, you know, black holes sometimes because the goddess gets caught in vortexes of right. these black magic, like sort of swirls. Um, so this is what's been going on with me lately. And I have been fighting very hard for my own power, releasing masochism, releasing martyrdom, um, releasing sympathy. This is a huge one. Release sympathy for what we would call, in quotes, the devil. Sympathy for those forces that have sought to abuse us. We have all been taught to be sympathetic. So, oh, that's great. I love that. Yeah. Didn't really mean it. And loyalty, loyalty to the, you know, to those forces as well. Like you have to throw yourself under the bus and a sense of guilt. Like, oh, no, it's because I did something wrong that this happened. And also a, a desire to rescue the wounded masculine, 
you know, in the form of the abuser, however that shows up. And it's not only men. Oh, beautiful, yeah. But, yeah, so all of these themes have been in me, and have been, I've been working through them, you know, like, okay, what's the truth in this? How do I elucidate and midwife my own power through this crucible, this intense crucible of my heart being torn because I have so much love and compassion for all beings, including what we would call a perpetrator. Um, and my heartstrings get pulled upon, and I have had to release that, that sympathy and say, like, no, right now it's about the goddess rising. It's about her, like, being full in her Shakti. So what does she look like when she is overflowing with Shakti energy? And there's no one, you know, vamping her. Nobody, like, no, wow. no, no fangs attached to her neck. And um, whew, that's a fight right there. That is a struggle because every time you release one, something else will come. Those hands come to grab. And you have to know right. enough to say, no, 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 not like that. We don't play like that. And be a mm. mother, who like the big old like boss mother, who can like really like raise her children and care for them, and also just you know send them to their room when they need to go. Like, oh no no no, we're not going to play like that. So personally, that's where I have been, and I'm um, living it all. I'm writing about it to the extent that I can. It's been a whole other book. It's going to be a second book for me for sure. I love it. So oh, I love it, and Sarah. I know that we only have 30 seconds left. I just want to say how much I appreciate you. I know there's a lot of people that appreciate your work, but I truly appreciate reading your words. I know that you'll come back on the show. We'll probably end up exploring another topic. Um, for those of you that have tuned in to listen to Sarah speak and talk about all this wonderful stuff, you can always download this same talk. Just put the same link up, essentially, and then you can download it on your computer and you can have it and listen to it whenever you want. Sarah, thank you for joining me here on The Lion, and I appreciate you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, too. Thank you for having me. All right. God bless. Bye-bye. Hello there.